so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. It's a Monday through Friday podcast, and I'm John Corrales. I host this show to cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book that you can get anywhere. Books are sold. Sign copies on my website, johncorrales.com, for 30 bucks. Today, I am talking about a few different topics uh, as we await the introduction of Ime Udoka, the new Boston Celtics head coach. I'm going to talk about that in the third segment, previewing a story that's going to publish, uh, hopefully maybe already published by the time you're listening to this on Boston Sports Journal. In the second segment, I got to address something that Chris Mannix reported uh, about the Boston Celtics and COVID and not taking COVID seriously and their restrictions. Uh, That's something that uh, I'm going to talk about in the second segment. In the first segment, Damian Lillard, there's a report out of Yahoo that he is is basically close to asking out. Things in Portland aren't going well for him, and he may be asking out. And as soon as somebody asks out, fans, media, all of us start wondering, like, hey, is, is this a good idea for, for our team? Uh, so I'll address that right here, right now. First, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me. Now, generally, I do them on Fridays. This past Friday, I just couldn't. I apologize for not doing one on Friday. I will make it up to you. I'll try to do a couple of them this week, but generally, Friday's after Friday afternoon. So download the app, join me, get into the action. So Damian Lillard, let's pretend for a moment that he has already asked out, which he has not, but everybody's sitting here trying to wonder, is Damian Lillard a good fit on the team that I root for, you know, or the team that, that I cover. And obviously Damian Lillard is an all NBA player. So he's a good fit anywhere. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that you can't, you can't just plug Damian Lillard in somewhere. And on the Celtics, he would be amazing now. So there's, there's a, a strong desire. You say, wow, Lillard wants out. I want Lillard. Can the Boston Celtics get Damian Lillard? They can. However, there's there's two two ways they could get him. One is unrealistic, but they have a way to technically get him by moving pieces around. You can use a, a, a potentially a sign and trade of Evan Fournier to get to help grease the skids, even if it's with the third team. If there's a way to get a third team involved, that could be a way. You can get Al Horford involved somehow uh, in a you know couple of months. Uh, maybe maybe this deal gets done during the course of the year, or you can at least you know you can wait until the the end of July or August to 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 do something. You can involve Al Horford. That 
money can match that way. You can, you can do things that make the money match, but nothing realistic, in my opinion. The other way to get Damian Lillard is you include Jalen Brown. You include Jalen Brown in a package, and now you've got a realistic trade package for Damian Lillard. But this is why I don't think the Celtics really should trade for Damian Lillard. Now, Lillard has a couple of things working against him here. Now, right now, he's playing, he's been playing out of his mind. The past couple of seasons, he's been playing out of his mind, and he lifts the, the Blazers up to a level where they just would never reach without him. And so we see the Celtics coming off of a year where they didn't seem to have that level of buy-in. They didn't seem to have that level of energy. And I think there are a lot of extenuating circumstances that led to that. But you come off a season like that and you say, wow, think about what Dame can do to lift that up. And he would. He would absolutely lift the Celtics up. No doubt about it. The, the thing is, first of all, he's he's going to turn 31 in a couple of weeks, July 15th. He's going to turn 31. So you're up against the clock, right? You got, a, you got a ticking clock and you get what? Two, three years of Damian Lillard that it probably maybe going to be some decline in his game. I hate to say it, but he's a smaller point guard that is in his 30s. The, that type of player typically doesn't age well. Sorry to say it, and, and he's at his peak, but that can change in a hurry for a guy in his position at his age. So, But let's say you get a couple of years. That couple of years better be championship-level years because if they're not, the trade-off is you have to give up Jalen Brown. And the question is, do you give up on the long-term, because he's 24, do you give up on the long-term Jalen Brown for a couple of years of Damian Lillard? Why do I say no, you don't? Even though Dame is clearly better than Jalen Brown right now, why don't you? Because that's it. If you trade Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard and the package necessary to get Damian Lillard, all of the picks, all of the young players, all of that, even centered around Jalen Brown, that's your move. That's, that is your all-in. That's your bet that Dame and, and Tatum are going to be your championship core. Whatever else it costs you. Because if it doesn't work, if two years goes by and all of a sudden Lillard's production starts to decline, where are the Celtics? You don't have Jalen Brown to lean on. You have Jason Tatum, who is getting closer to making a decision about his own future. You've given up all your draft picks, so you can't just sit there and say, well, all right, fine, we're going re to rebuild because the draft picks that will be necessary will belong to the Portland Trailblazers. You'll be stuck in a spot where if Tatum leaves and Lillard is no longer as good as he used to be, where, where, what do you have left? No picks, no star, you're stuck. That's the worst case scenario. If you go without Damian Lillard and you just move forward, you have Tatum, you have Brown, and hopefully in a couple of years when the 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 free agency free agency hits, you have a little cap space to try and make a splash. And maybe you you know you can convince Jalen Brown to stick around for a few more years, and you can convince Tatum when he opts out to re-sign with the Celtics. And that'll be a year where the TV money comes in, the new TV money comes in. There's, there's 
free agency money. You can bring in another star there and try a plan B. The worst case scenario is that if two, if in two years, whatever the Celtics have tried to put together doesn't work, you still have Tatum and Brown and at least some, some kind of tools that you can turn to and say, all right, we're going to pivot and we're going to try something different. But you're giving all of that up by going all in for Damian Lillard. Of course, Damian Lillard is awesome. I would love to see him on the floor 82 games a year. I would love to see his impact on this team. I would love to in, in a vacuum. Yes. In reality and practicality. No, he's an older guard that, oh, by the way, let's look at his contract. He's owed $39.3 million next season, $42.5 million the year after that, $45.5 the year after that, and then in 24-25, he's got a player option for forty, almost $49 million, $49 million when he's going to be 34. He's owed a ton of money. This is it. Like, you got... If you're going to spend that money, you better turn around and say, Tatum, Lillard, and what we have is going to be a championship core. And you know what? Frankly, I don't think so. I just don't think so. Because you're giving up a lot. You don't have a lot in, in return after that. Are you at least keeping like Marcus Smart? Are you, who are you keeping after that? What are you going to be left with? What's, the Celtics, what's that Celtics trade going to look like? Are you going to have to have Tatum and Lillard, and what, Horford? Maybe you just keep Fournier? I mean, it's not going to be a bad team. It's going to be a, a, a good team. It's going to be a top four team in the East. But is that is that enough to get past the Brooklyn Nets if Brooklyn is healthy? I, I don't think so. I just don't. This is basically the trailblazers with you know Tatum instead of C.J. McCollum, which is a lot better, but... Still, still horribly flawed. Maybe, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. But if you're training Jalen Brown, you better get a definitely it'll work. I wrote about this on Boston Sports Journal. I love Damian Lillard. I think he's amazing to watch. Just the timing, where he is in his career, Jalen Brown, where he's going to be in two, three years. I don't, I just can't bring myself to say he's worth giving up for a couple years of Damian Lillard and oh by the way a couple years after that where he's still going to be owed 90 plus million dollars I can't bring myself to say that that's a good idea all the way around up next some real harsh accusations that the Celtics basically didn't take any of the COVID protocol seriously this past season uh that's something that I I I'm kind of shocked by and I'm kind of questioning. That's next. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They've got nine delicious flavors out there. Plus, every once in a while, the limited time offer. I love Built Bars because they are high protein, low calorie, low carb, low sugar. If you like different flavor profiles, if you like coconut or fruity or, or chocolatey or peanut butter, there's all kinds of different flavors there that will fit you. If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. They have non-nut flavors. If you're on a keto diet, you can have them. They qualify for the keto diet. Generally, we're talking about 17, 18 grams of protein, calories somewhere between 130 to 180, four or five grams of sugar, four or five net carbs. It's perfect. Throw it in your, your 
work bag, throw it in your gym bag. You can have a snack. You can have a meal replacement. You can have something after a workout. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Today on the road to the finals, or NBA finals, or I'm sorry, NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Milwaukee Bucks taking a 2-1 lead on the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young tweaks his right ankle. Chris Middleton is, you know, goes off like he was playing the Celtics. And Milwaukee comes out of Atlanta, or, or still has another game in Atlanta, but comes out of game three with a big win, an important win for them. Uh, so we'll see how that how that plays out. But uh, they needed that. They needed that. Fun atmosphere in Atlanta. Atlanta's fun during the playoffs. All right, Chris Mannix was on WEI. Uh, this was over the weekend, Friday-ish maybe. And was talking, he's had a couple of quotes here that I'm, I'm really curious about here. So he said, the Celtics were among the teams that I know of that didn't take COVID seriously. They continued to go out on the road and would find ways to skirt the rules at times when they were traveling. They didn't take these protocols seriously, not as seriously as some other teams did. Now he goes on to say that the Washington Wizards complained. They complained to the league. The Wizards were, they had a big chunk of their season basically wiped out. They had a bunch of guys out. And they apparently, according to Chris Mannix, blamed the Celtics. They said the Celtics, they had heard that players were going out in Florida and they believed that their COVID was contracted through the Celtics. So a lot to unpack here. First of all, I'll say right off the top, if this was the case, then why didn't we know about this? Back then, is this why is this just coming out now? Manic says most of the league knew what was going on with the Celtics, how they weren't really taking these COVID protocols seriously. If most of the league knew, then how how does the league allow this? So there's so many offshoots here. At face value, if this is true, then this, this is unforgivable by the Boston Celtics. It's unforgivable from the players. If any, if this is true, the players who went out and flouted the rules, and you know, one of one of the players was photographed. Tristan Thompson was photographed at a party for his, I think it was for his daughter. It was a birthday party, or no, it's no, it was a, he was it was his birthday party, and then shortly afterwards, he did go into the health and safety protocols. The league didn't address it. Uh, there was no, there were no repercussions there, but he was photographed out with his wife or girlfriend and daughter. Don't know what that situation is. I don't care. But they, he, he was out. And then after that, he, he did go into health and safety protocol. So there is some evidence out there. And if that's the case, then the Celtics need to, like, there has to be some repercussion for this. Whether the league cracks, crack down on the Celtics, the league find the Celtics, does the league do the league do something? There, there has to be some repercussion for this because this is this was the one thing. Now, throughout the the course of the season, we were talking to guys, and they were complaining like, "Yeah, we can't do anything. You know, I can't even leave my hotel room." So I don't know if that was a cover or if this reporting is off. 
This is the other thing. If the league knew back then, and if most of the league knew back then, then how did it not get out back then? Because I would have loved to have known. And look, I'm not connected like Chris Mannix is. I'm just not. Okay. I cover the team. I'm working on that part of it. You know, I'm relatively new at this job and it takes time to get people to trust you and develop the sources and all of that stuff. So, um, but I, I, I don't, no one on our beat, not a single person who is connected. There are plenty of people who are connected that could have heard things. Why, where was Woj on this? Where, where's Shams on this? Where, where are the people on this? Where are the connected Miami reporters? Where are the connected Washington reporters? There are plenty of them. How did no one have the story of, wow, the Boston Celtics, really, if most of the league knew what was going on with the Celtics, as Chris Mannix says, that would have been a hell of a story to break in the middle of January when everything was going completely wrong for the Celtics and Tatum had it and, and Robert Williams had it and and who else? I mean, I, I've lost track of who have it. Uh, Carson Edwards, I think, had it. Um, a lot, But the point is, if this was true, then it, it somebody, somebody would have had this. And so this is why I'm struggling with this. I'm not saying that he's, he's wrong. I just don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around how it's being characterized because look, Chris Mannix is a, like, I'm not saying I don't believe him because he's, he's good. He's a newsbreaker. He knows what he's talking about. I, I'm just struggling with the, if, if it was that blatant that everybody knew, then how did it not become a story somewhere, somehow? Because if everybody knew, then someone would have started talking unless the Celtics were not alone and everybody knew, yeah, the Celtics are, are kind of flouting the rules, but we're all kind of flouting the rules, kind of like that pitcher thing in baseball with all the sticky stuff that they're, they're using in that big crackdown. And they said, Hey, all of our pitchers are using it. So we're not going to say anything about you. If you don't say anything about us, maybe there's some of that going on. And this is for some reason coming out now, or I, I don't know what for him to say this on the radio, but no one's written about it. This is the first I've heard about it. No one's put this out there. This feels like it's a story, like a real serious story. Why wasn't it on Sports Illustrated? Why wasn't it on some other outlet to say the Celtics were among the teams that I know of that didn't take COVID seriously, unless all of the teams didn't take COVID seriously and you had guys from all of the teams that were out there and no team wanted to drop the dime because they knew if someone started digging, everyone would start digging. And this is the other thing about covering this team, covering the NBA. We weren't on the road. I wasn't on the road. No, we're all covering teams through, through zoom. So you're not out. You're not bumping into people. You're not bumping into coaches. You're not talking to coaches on the road. There's, there's also a possibility here that this was kind of happening because the media wasn't allowed to cover and, you know, travel with teams and, and, and cover what was happening. It's possible that this was happening because, you know, they hit the head kind of free reign. If this is all true, there should be repercussions. And I can't, I can't sit here and it's hard. It's hard to, to wrap my head around how poorly 
the season went and be, and why it what the role covid played and if it was because guys were going out and they didn't care and whoever it was whatever few guys it was one guy two guys 10 guys wh- whatever it was what there's there has to be some culpability here because if it was one guy and he brought it back that's serious and and not only do you bring it back, these guys, it, it spread to families, you know, like moms and, you know, Robert Williams talking about how his mom had it and it went through that, that, you know, it spread. And I don't understand how anybody could sit there and look at what Carl Anthony Towns went through, a fellow player and everything that he went through and said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to still go out and do what, I, what I'm going to do because you can't tell me what to do. I got a real problem with that. If that's how it, if that's how it happened, I got a real problem with that because we just watched guys get devastated. We watched players get devastated. Their families get devastated. And if that's because someone just said, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out anyway because your rules don't apply to me, I, I got a real problem with that. So I hope something is made of this because it feels odd. There, this, this is something that needs like a lot more discussion, and I'm going to stop. This, this needs a lot more discussion because for it to only be said on a radio interview and not be a big, bigger story, maybe he's working on a bigger story. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's, that's still coming out. I have no idea. But for it to just come out like this feels like, Yo, we're tell me more. Like, I want to know a lot more about this. So hopefully we're going to find out more. All right. Up next, uh, I'll give you a little preview of my exclusive uh, on Ime Udoka, who I believe is going to be introduced Monday morning as the new head coach of the Boston Celtics. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. If you want to bet on the NBA playoffs, that's still going on. You can bet in-game stuff uh, during the games. At halftime, you can throw some bets down. Obviously, there's uh, Stanley Cup playoffs and baseball and everything. So head on over to Bet Online. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So whatever you lay down in your first deposit after you sign up for free, whatever you put in there in your first deposit, 100 bucks, your 50% welcome bonus will be $50. That's how it works. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use that promo code locked on and please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Starting on July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It's going to be a great mock draft that features analysis from the greatest of all time of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini. Scal is going to be on here and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades. It's a full mock draft your favorite basketball teams throughout the week. Uh, It's a week-long event, so search Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So, Ime Yudoka, I believe, is going to be introduced Monday morning at 10, uh, quarter past 10. Uh, The Celtics called a news conference for 10.15. They didn't say why. They didn't say whatever. But makes sense that that would be the Ime Yudoka uh, introduction. So once Ime Yudoka was announced as the coach, all of the reporters start scrambling. All right, how do we get our own exclusive story on this? And, and you know, some people talk to former teammates. Some people try to talk to FIBA people. It's different. Everybody's got their try to try to get their angle. So my exclusive with Nate McMillan, who is currently the interim head coach of the Atlanta Hawks going through the, the playoffs right now, as I said earlier, well, he coached. Yudoka in Portland. It was Yudoka's only like only year there, first of all, and his most successful year. He started 75 games, all 75 games. It was easily his best year in the NBA. So I figured, hey, you saw him as a player. You saw him at his best. Let's talk a little bit about him. And basically, he said that, you know, you could tell right away that Yudoka had a, a great feel for the game. And now that Portland team wasn't very good. That Portland team uh, was part of a rebuild. Now, Nate McMillan would have a couple of 50-win seasons with Portland uh, after Yudoka left. So he's out there as part of a transition. Now, Yudoka didn't have a, a, a great playing career. Uh, you know, okay, he played... Um, played overseas for a few years. He played uh, was it six seasons in the NBA, seven seasons in the NBA, plus a few years overseas. So, you know, decent career, played into his 30s, not bad. Like any anybody would kill. I would kill for for that level of, you know, you get into the NBA, you have, you know, you were a starter in the NBA. That was pretty nice. But Nate McMillan would, would say that he, he saw early on that Udoka could be, could be a coach. Because he saw the game and and processed it in a way that you could tell that he saw what was happening. He understood the nuance. He has a high basketball IQ. And he was kind of an extension of the coach out there. Because as he was playing, first of all, he played kind of like a point forward for that, that Blazers team. And he's out there kind of explaining, like when you're running a pick and roll, you know, if it goes wrong, he's he's explaining. He's the one on the floor explaining to guys like, "Hey, set the pick at this angle. Set, hold it another second. Wait. You know, do this, do that." And you could tell early on that he had a feel for the things that were necessary for coaching. And so that's a story that is going to publish Monday morning on Boston Sports Journal. So uh, check that out. It was, you know, a good conversation with Nate. And you get a little bit of a perspective from the Spurs. And, you know, one thing that it was a quote, I didn't get the quote, but it's a quote that's been floating out there for probably six years now, where Greg Popovich is is really singing Yudoka's praises and saying that he has the ability to relate to these guys. He can go talk to 
you know, Tim Duncan. He can go talk to whomever. And Pop was like, yeah, he could, he could probably do that better than me sometimes, um, which is a great compliment. So, you know, last week and, you know, today in this segment, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to get our sense of how good of a coach is this guy going to be? How good of a coach can he be? And I think that the Celtics made a, a, a really good hire. I was on EI over the weekend and I was asked to grade the hire. And I, I, the more I think about it, the more I like it, the more like when talking to Nate McMillan and hearing what Nate McMillan had to say about the hire and reading some of the other quotes and talking to Jeff Garcia last week on the podcast about, cause Jeff has covered the, the, the Spurs for a long time and he knew Udoka as a player and then as a coach to hear, to hear the stories, every story you hear is so positive that that really encouraged me. I think this is, I think this is an a hire with the potential to be an a plus if things go well, you, all the signs are pointing to this being a really good hire. Now I hate, I hate saying it like that because I feel like that puts a lot of pressure and it's, it's going to be tough for him at first because it's always tough on people at first, but at the same time with Tatum Brown smart as your core guys and guys who endorsed him, I think he's got a real good chance. I think he's, he's going to have a real good chance to be really good. And I don't want to put a ton on him. I'm not saying that they should win this many games or this is going to be a championship team or, or anything like that. I'm not trying to put that on him. But I think that when you look at him as a coach, the pedigree, the, the coaches that he's coached with, the players that he has coached, the, the way he's learned, the lessons that were available along the way, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do on the floor. I'm looking to, forward to see how these players react because it's, it's a new voice. It's, an, it's a new kind of look at this team. And, you know, it, it adds a little bit of perspective to things I've said, how, how wrong was I about certain things? How right was I about certain things that happened this past year? And, you know, sometimes right and wrong isn't entirely obvious in the moment. Sometimes it takes time and perspective to look back and you go, hmm, you know, maybe that, maybe that was worse than I thought, or maybe that was better than I thought. So, but I'm looking forward to the Yudoka thing. And, and, and I can't imagine that the, the Monday morning, uh, press conference is going to be anything besides Ime Yudoka's intro, introduction, but, uh, you'll see, you'll find out. And I'll talk about that here on the Tuesday episode. I'll play you whatever, uh, Yudoka says, and in, I will react to some of the things that he says. The Tuesday show should be all about email and you can hear uh, what he'll say on this podcast. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please uh, rate and review if that's possible. The show's on YouTube. So thumbs up, you know, ratings, comments, all that stuff. Super, super important. I hope people are enjoying the, the YouTube show. Uh, so just so you know, the podcast and the YouTube show are the same thing. It's the podcast is just the audio version of this. This, what you see on YouTube is the video version of the podcast. So kind of like a simulcast. So, um, hope you're enjoying it. I really am, you know, trying to give you the best product that I possibly can. So thank you for watching. 
And thank you for sharing and telling your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.